Okay, I'd like to welcome the tape program, the services here in Rocky Mount on this rainy afternoon. I'd like to begin by turning to a passage in Luke 14, in verse, starting in verse 15. Luke 14, Luke 14, and starting in verse 15. And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then said he unto them, A certain man made a great supper and bid many, and sent his servants at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one ex uh, consent began to make excuse. The first said to him, I have brought a piece of ground. I must need to go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have brought five yoke of oxen, and go I need to go to prove them. I pray, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said unto his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, and the halt, and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as you have commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto his servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges, and come, compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden, those that were invited, shall taste of the supper, of my supper. Uh, and there went great multitudes, continuing on in verse 25, there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said to them, now he's wanting them to learn a lesson here, and he says, if any man will come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sister, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Continuing on, I want to just drop down to verse 33. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsakes not all that he has cannot be my disciple. Now, what is, does it mean to forsake all that you have? Does it mean to forsake family, friends, loved ones? Does it mean I must forsake my wife or your or husband or children? It, it mentions here in verse, uh, um, uh, let's see, where is that at? It says, in, I think verse 26, it says, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sister, yea, and his own life also. Notice that. And his own life also. Does it mean that I must hate everything that is good and pleasing to me? That I must hate everything that brings me pleasure? Does it mean anything I like to do, everything I like to do is wrong? Should I sell off everything to become a disciple? Car, home, business. After all, it says forsake all. Does it mean that hobbies that we love, things we're gifted at, whether it's mechanical work or landscaping or sewing or being creative, fishing, you know, whatever it may be, does it mean that the things that I really love and the things that I'm created uh, have a creativity forward. Does it mean I'm supposed to forsake all that also? Well, continue on. It says, So likewise, who, whatsoever, whosoever he be of you that forsakes not all that he has cannot be my disciple. Now, what does it mean to forsake all? Now, I want to give you my definition of what this verse is talking about. 
I guess we all have our opinions, and all ministers have their opinion about this verse, but I want to give you my opinion about how we apply this verse to our personal lives. Here it is. When called upon, when the opportunity presents itself, when another human being is in need, we must be willing to freely, unconditionally, with no strength attached, give ourselves away to that cause or need. Let me repeat that. Now, I'll repeat this several times in this message. But when called upon, when the opportunity presents itself, when another human being is in need, we must be willing to freely, unconditionally, with no strings attached, give away ourselves to that cause, give ourselves away to that cause or need. Now, what does it mean to give yourself away? Well, there's a scripture, and you don't have to turn there, John 3 and verse 16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What did God do? He gave his Son away. Freely. No strings attached. And what did the Son do? What did Jesus do? He laid down his life freely. He, he gave his life for all of humanity, freely, no strings attached. Now, mind you, our acceptance of that sacrifice, there are some strings attached. We must repent. In other words, when I accept Christ, you know, I must repent of my sins. I must accept Christ as my personal Savior. I must be baptized. I must receive the Holy Spirit. You know, there, there are some things that God expects of us. Make no mistake about it. But from the beginning, God said, I'm giving my son away. And Jesus said, I freely give my life away. Now, what about us? What about us? Must we give ourselves away freely to every Tom, Dick, and Harry that comes along? No. No. You see, Christ, out of necessity, gave his life for humanity. There really was, in other words, in order to save humanity, he had to do that. But must we give away ourselves freely to every person that comes along? No. You see, there are some people who don't need your help. They don't want your help. They've got their life together. They're not asking for any help. So you're not going to be able to give away yourself freely, give yourself away to someone that, that is not asking for help. There are some people who don't want the blood of Christ, nor do they want your help. They've got their life together. They're not asking for help. They're not looking for help. So it, it's critical that we understand giving yourself away is not something that you do 24 hours, seven days a week. You may go for a long period of time when the need is simply not there. No one's asking you for any help. The opportunity is just not there. You may go days when the need is simply not there. So it's not, when I talk about giving ourselves away, it's not something that we have to do every day, you know, 24 hours a day, uh, 24 hours a day or seven days a week. It's only when the need presents itself. It's only when a person comes to you and says, hey, I'm hurting, I need your help. That's when it's critical. So when called upon, when the opportunity presents itself, when another human being is in need, we must be willing to freely, unconditionally, 
with no strings attached, give ourselves away to that cause or need. Now, what does giving yourself away look like? I want to give you two examples, one positive and one negative. Uh, one example, a positive example I want to give you is uh, I, I remember a message that David Nix gave. And the thing that stood out in my mind about that message, I can't even think of the title of it, but I do remember one thing that he said. He was talking about, I think it was, he was at home and he wanted to watch the Super Bowl game. I mean, he was all geared up for that game that was coming off. And lo and behold, about the time, you know, he, he, you know he's got his peanuts and, and beer or whatever, <laughs> he's ready to watch this Super Bowl game, and the phone rings. And it's someone in the church who is, I, I forget, it, it, it might not even have been someone in the church, but it was someone who had a need who wanted to be either anointed or there was something there that she wanted. And he thought about it, and he thought, oh, God, no, you know, I'm all geared up for the Super Bowl game, I, and, and i got to go out of town here and, and go to this. And, and, and he made a decision to go uh, minister to that woman. That's what I mean by giving yourself away. No strings attached. Unconditionally, we give ourselves away to that cause or need. I want to read you a little poem here before I give you the negative one. The negative example. Here's a poem that I think is very good that describes us uh, in a very real way. It says, Around the corner I have a friend in this great city that has no end. Yet days go by and weeks rush on, and before I know it, a year is gone. And I never see my old friend's face, for life is swift. It's a terrible race. He knows I like him just as well as in the days when I rang his bell and he would ring mine. We were younger then, and now we are busy, tired men, tired with playing a foolish game, tired with trying to make a name. Tomorrow, I say, I will call on Jim just, just to show that I'm thinking of him. But tomorrow comes and tomorrow goes, and the distance between us grows and grows. Around the corner, yet... Uh, miles away here's a telegram sir jim died today and that's what we get and deserve in the end around the corner a vanished friend now let me give you the negative example of what it does not mean to give yourself away and i'll use myself for this example since i don't want to pick on anyone i'll just use myself uh you you have all heard by now that rita willett passed away and you know, Rita and Tommy, just, they're a couple that, they were a couple, you can't help but like both of them. I mean, they were just, you know, good people. And uh, I really think a lot of Tommy, and, and I thought a lot of Rita also. But uh, she was, she had this disease, dementia, where, you know, and, and this was something that he went, that she went through for five years. And, uh, you know, as I think back on this, the experience, I mean, I, I would talk to him uh, now and then over the last p past five years. But I know as we drove away, uh, me and Teresa, as we drove from the uh, funeral home that evening, or from the service, funeral service that evening, I mentioned, we both, me and Teresa both mentioned the fact that we had never been up to see Rita during all this time. 
And I mentioned this to my sister, and she said, why is it that we always, this always dawns on us after the fact? You know, well, I, I didn't do this, and we didn't do that, and we didn't, you know, we didn't go, and, and, you know, in other words, I had my excuses as far as the reason I didn't. And we're going to get to the excuses here in a little bit from the Bible. And uh, as, I, as I talk about this, I want, I want whoever hears this message to understand that this is not just a job for the ministry. Uh, you know, I've got my full-time job and the ministry also. Uh, so I don't want anybody to think that this is just something, oh, well, the ministry will take care of all this. No, it's, that's not the way it is in this church. It never has been, really. But I started thinking about this, this negative example of mine. And, and then I come to this scripture, this passage that says, So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsakes not all that he has cannot be my disciple. Now, let, let me say it again. When called upon, when the opportunity presents itself, when another human being is in need, we must be willing to freely, unconditionally, with no strings attached, give away ourselves to that cause or need. Now, let's look at this scripture again in Luke 14. And I've taken it apart, and I want to apply it to this message today. Luke 14 and verse 15. We'll start once again. And when one of them said it neat with him, heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. You know, here's this exaltation. You know, we're all going to be in the kingdom of God. We've got our doctrines right. Well, let's see what it says. Then said he unto them, A certain man made a great supper, and bade many, and sent his servants at supper time, saying to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they, all with one consent, verse 18, began to make excuse. Now, if you've got a marker or ink pen or anything, you want to take that word excuse and draw a line underneath it, because that's, that's the critical point to this message. The first said unto him, I pray thee, um, uh, let me see, I have brought a piece of ground, and I must need to go see it. I pray thee, have me excuse. Now, <clears throat> here, what, we're, what are we talking about here? He says, I look, I bought a piece of ground. I have purchased something. Now, what are we talking about here? We're talking about material possession that constantly occupy our time. So we're talking about our toys that we have. All of the things that we have, all of the things that occupy our material possessions. Now, there's nothing wrong with these things. I'm not saying that you need to get rid of your material possessions. Nothing wrong with these things. As long as, get this, nothing wrong with the material possessions, as long as you can freely give yourself away when called upon to do so. Not a thing wrong with all these material clutter that we have, all this stuff that we have. You know, George Carlin said a house is just a big pile of stuff with a cover on it. He said you can see that when you fly in an airplane. You look down, here's all this, you know, just a big pile of stuff with a cover on it. All over the place, you know, you, you see that just, just stuff, clutter. That's what's underneath all that stuff. <laughs> And another said, I have brought five yokes of oxen, and, here we, here we go again, 
I go to prove them. Now, what you want to do is you want to mark that. I go to prove them because here we're talking about responsibility. I pray, have me excuse. Look, I've got responsibility. Sure you do. I have to work six days a week. I have people under me who depend on me. I have to provide for my family. Now, there's nothing wrong with responsibility. Not a thing. As long as you can freely give yourself away when called upon to do so. God wants us to have responsibility. And there's nothing wrong with it. As long as you can freely give yourself away when called upon to do so. And then the next one, it says, And another said, I have married a wife. You want to mark that one. And therefore I cannot come. Notice what he says. I've married a wife. I can't come. Here's the clincher. Here we're talking about family. Family. Look, I've got to take my child to the soccer game. I've got to take my child to the baseball game. I've got to take my child to the cheerleading class. Because after all, if my child looks good, I look good. Right? <laughs> now, there's nothing wrong with family responsibility as long as you can freely give yourself away when called upon to do so. None of these things are wrong. And I'm not saying that you, you need to get rid of or lessen these things. They're, none of them are wrong. They're good for you. All of these things, marriage, wife, family, children, toys that we have, the things that we do, none of these things are wrong. As long as you can freely give yourself away with no strings attached when called upon to do so. Continuing on, it says, So that servant came and showed his Lord these things, then the master of the house, being angry, said to the servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor, the maimed, the halt, and the blind. You know what he's saying? He's saying, Give me some people who are not eaten up with so many blasted responsibilities. Just give me, give me the poor, the maimed, whoever you can get. But give me someone who's not eaten up with so many responsibilities. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as you have commanded. And there's still room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out, uh, verse 22, in the highways and hedges and compel them to come in and fill my house. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. And there went great multitudes with him, and, and he turned and said unto them, If any man, here we come to the scripture, if any man comes to me and hate not his father, and mother, and wife, and children, and brethren, and sister, yea, in his own life also he cannot be my disciple. So, what we have to look at here is what is our excuse that we use? What is my excuse? When, now let's talk about when the opportunity presents itself. And again, I, I want to clarify that it's not every day that it, that it occurs. This is not something that you've got to just, you know, it's something that, like I said, you know, a week may go by and you know, no one's requiring anything of me. Nobody's asking me for any advice. No one needs any help. A week or days may go by. It's not every day that you have this opportunity. But what does it mean to give ourselves away? In a way, it, it means like a slave relationship. You know, that's, that's basically what it means. You completely, totally unburden yourself when you give yourself away. Vacation, <laughs> you might need to put it on hold. 
You might go, need to go to the boss and say, look, I need to take a day off here. This is something I've got to do. The opportunity has hobbies, goals, work, family, all of it is irrelevant when God calls you to action. Just it's irrelevant. And I'm telling you, I don't live my life like this. I, I, let me tell you what consumes my life. Hobbies, goals, family. Just, just the opposite consumes my life. But when called upon, when called upon, no strings attached. Now, I think a lot of us look at this and we say, we say well, you know, this is not going to be easy for me. How can I make some changes in my personal life? Well, let's talk about that a little bit. How can we make some changes in our personal life? Let's, let's look at Matthew 6 and verse 25. Matthew 6 and verse 25. Matthew 6 and verse 25, and we'll read through verse 34. It says, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what, he shall, what we shall put on. Is not the life more than raiment and the body, excuse me, is not, not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Which, you, which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit into his stature? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, Well, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink? Or whither shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. What call, now think about this. What causes us to live such anxious lives? Well, you know what it is. James, you don't have to turn there, James 4 and verse 13 says, Go to now, you that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Wherefore, you don't know what tomorrow brings. For what is your life? It is but a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. For you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will go in and do this and do that, you know, whatever. That's James uh, 4 and verse 13. What causes us to live such anxious lives? You know, for for the most part, it is it is planning. You know, it, it's we, we I, I, like I'm going to do this and this and that and that, and next week I'm going to do this, and then maybe two months from now, maybe I'll take a vacation, and maybe I'll go here, and maybe I'll do this, and and we got this schedule that we're living by. And uh, what what we read from this account that Jesus talks about, he's he's talking about living life one day at a time, no further. Not, not beyond that, one day at a time. Uh, what I'm trying to say is this. All the planning that we make, when you're anxious, is this not true? When you're anxious, you cannot give yourself away, can you? You know what you're thinking? You're thinking, even if you try to do it, 
you're thinking about all the things you've got to do. Now, you're thinking, oh, well, I'll, I'll try to spend some little time. I'll try to do this, but, boy, I need to get back. I need to do this, 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 that, that. You know, I've got all these things I need to do. It's, it's nearly impossible to give yourself away. When the time comes, not that it comes every day, but it's nearly impossible to give yourself away when you're full of anxieties about life, about all the things we need to do. At best, we could be called giving ourselves away half-heartedly. That's about the best we could do. And if you've ever had a half-hearted worker whose mind is somewhere else, and, you know, they're really just not in, just, they don't put forth their best effort. They just barely are there anyway. At best, we could be called giving ourselves away half-heartedly. Now, I believe our hearts really want to do the right thing. I want to read you another point. I do believe we want to do the right thing. This poem is entitled, I Shall Not Pass This Way Again. The bread that brings strength I want to give, the water pure that bids the thirsty live. I want to help the fainting day by day. I'm sure I shall not pass again this way. I want to give the oil of joy for tears, the faith to conquer crowding doubts and fears. Beauty for ashes may I give away. I'm sure I shall not pass away again this way. I want to give good measure running over, and into angry hearts I want to pour the answer soft that turns wrath away. I'm sure I shall not pass again this way. I want to give to others hope and faith. I want to do all that the Master says. I want to live aright from day to day. I'm sure I shall not pass again this way. And I think as we hear this poem, we say, yes. That's the way I want to be. I want to be like that. I do want to be able to give myself away when the opportunity presents itself. I want that because I know that's what God expects. The problem is two, two points, two simple points. One, we have not realized the seriousness that Jesus commands us when the opportunity presents itself. We haven't realized the seriousness of that matter because it is serious. Whosoever does not, you know, hate, you know, mother, family, all that has to be laid aside when the opportunity presents itself. We have not realized the seriousness that Jesus commands us when the opportunity presents itself. And two, we have never accepted fundamental basic Christianity. What is fundamental basic Christianity? It is to give ourselves away when called upon to do so. I want to close with one more poem. This one's entitled, I'd Rather See a Sermon. It says, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. I'd rather one should walk with me than merely show the way. The eyes are better pupil and more willing than the ear. Fine counsel is confusing. But examples are always clear. And the best of all the preachers are the ones who live their creed. For to see good put in action is what everybody needs. I can learn to do it if you let me see it done. I can watch your hands in action, but your tongue too fast may run. 
And the sermon you deliver may be very wise and true, but I'd rather see my lesson by observing what you do. For I might misunderstand you and the high advice you give. But there is no misunderstanding how you act and how you live. God, help me help us to give ourselves away when called upon to do so.